0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cottrell, with more than 10 years of NCAA Division I, Division II men's basketball coaching experience. Every Monday, I bring you the only podcast with the news, the scores, the analysis, and the insight of NCAA Division II men's basketball across the country. And ladies and gentlemen, today's a very special episode. We made it to March. March Madness made it to us. We're finally in the thick of it. The NCAA Division II Men's Basketball National Tournament starts in a week. Late last night, the regional tournament brackets were announced, and it is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Mr. Wayne Cavadi, NCAA Division II Men's Basketball writer for NCAA.com. We're going to talk about the regions. We're going to preview the national tournament for NCAA Division II Men's Basketball. I can't wait for this conversation and for next weekend's opening round. So welcome Wayne. Thanks for doing this late at night.
1: No, absolutely. I'm you know, I'm just excited to be talking tournament basketball. Um you know, you had me on. We did our preseason uh picks and 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 insight and even, you know, as, as positive as you wanted to be, in the back of everyone's mind was that that hope that we would get here and and it's just great to know that we're here.
0: Yeah, here we are. We're, we're all excited. This is like an emergency podcast. It's late at night. <laughs> it's Sunday, you know, but, but it's great. And I want to take a moment before we jump in, Wayne. I do want to congratulate the NCAA Division II Men's Basketball Committee and, and Fran Reedy, who I had on the podcast two weeks ago, to talk about some of the decisions they were making uh, at the Division II level for the tournament. They've put together an incredible tournament. The, the the teams are incredible. I mean what we saw this weekend led to a really riveting uh you know release of the brackets and I think it's it's commendable what Mr. Reedy and his his Division 2 uh men's basketball committee did to put this tournament together under the circumstances. So a shout out to them and and many thanks to them. I don't know if you want to jump in on that way or not. Oh, absolutely. I don't know, you know, if if anyone
1: was watching the selection show, I, I said on the selection show that this bracket, we're here, you know, we're here to celebrate these 48 teams and what they accomplished. But really, these 48 teams are, are speaking for D2 basketball and, and the sport and just the fact that so many hands uh, were responsible for getting to this point and, you know... I'm excited to see these 48 teams play, but I'm just excited that so many other teams and conferences and everyone else that put the
0: the work to get through it and get to this point, uh, it's a celebration for all of them, I really think. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think it's great that we're at this point and we have a tournament and we got to have a season. I mean, we had teams play 22, 24 games. We had teams play 10 games in any game you know, at this point was, was, was very, very exciting and very. Uh, I think a lot of teams were grateful for the opportunity. So you mentioned it a second ago, Wayne, we got 48 teams per region down 25% from the normal field of 64. Uh, so six teams per region, eight regions, 48 total teams. In each regional tournament this year, Wayne, we're going to have the top two seeds receive a buy. So number one, number two, receive buys. Any thoughts on the seeding process before we jump into the region? Um, it was it you know
1: when that selection committee walks into a room on a normal year and have to pick eight teams from each region. That's hard enough to have to figure this out and, and know <laughs> that they're giving whatever two teams they decide that they're given the one and two seed get a bye, which means they have one less game to get to that elite eight. You know, like that's that's a lot of pressure. Um, and and some of these teams. You know they didn't win the, some of these one and two seeds that uh, that we're going to be seeing. They got to buy. They didn't win their conference tournaments this past weekend, or some of them didn't even play in them because uh, of COVID yeah. protocols. You know, so it, these were not easy decisions. And I think that when you had to cut sixteen teams out of the tournament to get down to forty eight, you know. Um, that meant every decision you made was going to be pivotal to this bracket. And I think that's why it's so balanced and so evenly matched that it's going to make for one of the more exciting tournaments
0: that we've had in a long time. I agree because we just had one of the more exciting conference <sighs> Championship weekends of all time. I mean, upsets left and right, and it really flipped a few of these regions on its head, on their heads, mm-hmm. <laughs> in in terms of who who made it and and who didn't make it. So let's let's go to the Atlantic. Wayne, we'll start uh, starting in the, in the East, in, in the Atlantic region. Uh, Hillsdale's the number one seed. I've liked them really all year long. The more I watch them, I, I think they're their balanced scoring and their ability to play a variety of different styles really suits them, and they're they're hard to beat. They're a really hard team to beat. Yeah, and um, you know, getting again
1: getting that first round by is huge for them because in that matchup of uh, Mercyhurst and, and Fairmont State, those are two really good teams, and having the opportunity to not have to play a game and sit back and watch that game and 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 prepare for them, um, they're so polar opposite those two teams right Mercyhurst is this ridiculous defense Fairmont State is this high flying offense that has to battle in the MEC and um, I think that's going to be one of the best games of the tournament to be perfectly honest with you but uh, you know Hillsdale can play both those speeds and so to get to watch who they're going to play in the next round is really an advantage to them but um, I I think that I think that whole part of the bracket is going to be great and then you know you got West Liberty down at the bottom, and 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 raise your hand if you picked Malone because I did not. Uh. <laughs> I I did not
0: have Malone. I got to be honest. Yeah. They were, I, I I covered them in a podcast. They were a team of the week in a podcast. I think they won like three in a row, yeah. and they had kind of gotten some traction, and you could see that they were they were good they were in a lot right. of ga- in a lot of close games early in the season and eventually they started to win some close games and then it was like wait a minute we're pretty good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and they got they got in the roll yeah yeah and,
1: and you know that's great for for this year that's the kind of team you know going against West Lib is is not going to be an easy a task but you know they have the momentum right now there's no doubt about it and and sometimes that's what what it works in march you know it's not about the records it's not about your history but um I just think this part of the bracket is going to be really fun.
0: How surprised were you to see kind of the mix-up between Charleston, West Liberty, and Fairmont State, who had been fighting at the top of the Mountain East all all year long? Yeah, I mean, and and kudos to Fairmont State again, you know, beating both those yeah. teams.
1: Um, but, you know, very good teams. And um, it's just, man, it's just been such a, a crazy year. And, and, you know, West Lib had that very uncharacteristic three-game skid in the middle of the season. So that says all you need to know, right? It's just not the year that um everyone kind of went through these ups and then these downs and and figuring out what to do and it's it's not the year of the expected, you know, and it, yeah, it's yeah. And it just made it made for good basketball because you didn't know what was going to happen every week. You didn't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in the Atlantic region, you have a team with Malone winning a conference tournament with Malone you know, winning the uh, Great Midwest. You have a team like Findlay, mm. who doesn't even get in. Right. And Findlay, you know, they're sitting at seventeen and four. They've been top twenty in the country all year long. They don't get in.
1: Yeah, you know. And, and again, history, right? Findlay is a team that's always there. You know, they're they're a national yeah. champion. Um, and, and again, if if this is a normal year and you have eight teams per region, they're they're, they're a, a shoe in But You know, winning those conferences uh, and after this weekend, we see how important it is because some of the the top four from the final regional rankings, I think it was the top four teams in these final regional rankings. None of them were the winner of their conference tournament. So it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, an absolutely wild ride over the past weekend. So let's jump. Let's jump to the central region. We just hit the Atlantic. Let's go in the middle of the country, arguably two of the best leagues. And, and when I say best leagues, Division II basketball is great across the country. These two leagues, the Northern Sun and the MIAA, got to be the deepest leagues, if not two of the three deepest leagues in the country. In terms of like no no easiness, uh, the talent level one through eight is, are is ridiculous. Um, Northern State is the number one seed in the central region, uh, number one of the country. Northwest Missouri State number two, Washburn number three, uh, Wayne State number four. Who's caught a surge late? MSU Moorhead caught a surge late, number five, and Missouri Western gets in at number six. But you've got a team like you know, Missouri Southern, not, not making mm. it. And, you know, how do you, how do you feel about Northwest Missouri state, Northern state one and two? I mean,
1: there's no question. They're the one and two seed there. Um, you know, obviously Northern state won their conference tournament and Northwest Missouri state, man, what a, what an amazing game that was, did not win it, but they, they played very well. And, So I understand, I think that's the right seating right there, one and two. And, you know, up until a few weeks ago, I really did. I thought this, you're absolutely right that these are two of the deeper conferences. And you can see that because it's three and three, uh, an even split, which you don't, not many of the brackets had, but um, I thought it was a two horse race, you know, Northern state and Northwest Missouri state are just heads and shoulders above so many other teams in this bracket. But, but Tyler Guyman. Is is just he plays on a different level against Northwest Missouri State, and they have two losses, and they're both to the Washburn. You know, so yeah, the, the, this yeah. isn't a two horse race anymore. And like you said, Missouri Western was really impressive this year. Um, you know, with so many changes on that roster as well, including the coach. Um, yeah, the the coach. Yeah, yeah. and then just um, a lot of a lot of depth in the in this part of the bracket that all of a sudden when you see Northern State and Northwest Missouri State and you think it's an automatic showdown
0: between the two of them, it's not anymore. No, it is not. And that region is, especially the top of that region, and Missouri Western as well, uh, the top of that region is guard dominated. Mm. I mean, the, the quality of guard play uh, with, with Mason Stark and with Trevor Hudgens and Tyler Guyman. I mean, those three guys. I, Wayne, I think the player of the year might come out of the MIAA. I really uh, do. Yeah. I, I, right. I mean, guyman has been incredible uh, all year long. You know, I think Hudgens has been incredible for Northwest Missouri State. And, and Mason Stark is as good a point guard in the country. And all the – like, I, I'm looking at these matchups in the central region – Northwest Missouri State and Northern State I think is a great matchup 1-2 if they play one another. Oh yeah. Washburn Washburn plays just a little bit differently. They don't have kind of the interior presence. They have Johnny Clausing, but the the dynamic that Northern State and Northwest Missouri State have is a little bit different. So I'm interested to see who comes out of that region and how, like who who they have to go through. and, and you would have to think that the team that comes out of
1: that region and survives is one of the favorites in the elite eight, right? Like you're, you talk yeah. about battle tested, just those three games alone to get to the elite eight, you're, you're going to
0: put the pedal to the metal and really come out um, battle tested. What a huge advantage. If you look at that region in a typical year with the eight teams, the one eight matchup, you know, if there's, if there's eight teams in that region, the last regional ranking, you know, upper Iowa's 10 and seven, mm-hmm. And that's no, they're no slouch, right. um, you know, so to get a buy in that region is like a, a huge, a huge advantage. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're, you're talking about
1: two teams that, uh, well, Northern state doesn't really need it. Northern state intriguing because their uh, conference tournament ended so long ago. What was, I mean,
0: yeah, it a was a week off, ago. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, um, so they have, now they have longer off and, and, you know, before we jumped on to the show, we were talking about like, Uh, And we'll talk about with some other teams, like, will that hurt or will that help you, you know, having that time off? But it's like we were saying uh, up top in in the Atlantic with Hillsdale, they get to watch two really good teams go at each other and prepare an an extra game and two teams that they're familiar with. So
0: I I think, um, like you said, the buy is a big advantage. So back to the east in the northeast teams that really just started playing. Uh, back we were talking January and got between you know ten to twelve games in the NCAA set the mandate at eleven games was the requirement. Obviously, uh, they've they've brought teams in that did not hit that. Um, Saint Thomas Aquinas, I mean, preseason top twenty-five, they're the number one seed in the East. They're they're really good and they play. Talk about a pace of play, offensively and defensively. You know, Saint Thomas Aquinas is really good. Uh, Damon, the number two seed, took them to the wire a couple of times. Bloomfield, number three, Dominican, number four, Caldwell, number five, and Nyack, number six. Um, you know, kind of a region that hasn't gotten a lot of a lot of pub because of the lack of games, Wayne. Yeah, and, you know, let, let's let
1: put um, one and two seeds aside for a second. Let's look at Dominican, Caldwell, Bloomfield, and, and Nyack. You're looking at teams with records that – you won't normally see in march right but right. four and three four and four you're talking about teams that are just getting into mid-season form you know so throw that record out the window uh four and three means nothing because if it's november and the team's four and three you don't think twice about it you know but so they're just hitting their stride we're gonna see some good basketball they know each other pretty well that, that in this region um, so I, I don't think that you could look at this game and be, uh, these first round games and be like, Oh, a four and 14, team cause that's not the case by any means. You know, these are, these are very talented teams, but that being said, St. Thomas Aquinas is, I, I, I remember you had him on the head coach on the show and I, I, that show was great. I mean, they're just such a good team, you know, um,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. they
1: can score. They're scoring about 90 points a game. They lead the nation in steals. You know, and, and like you said, number two seed is eight and five. That's not a typical March record, but they played St. Thomas very well. And and yeah. we've talked about him before. Andrews Shishko is just he's one of the best players in Division two for for two, three years running now. And uh, he could definitely give them fits down low, you know, but I just think uh, obviously stack is the team to beat in this part of the bracket.
0: I have to agree. I think their pace, I think their pace, uh, I think, you know, the familiarity with, with the tournament and being able to navigate kind of a different, uh, different scenario, different year, you know, with their experience, I think they will be a little bit better at that. And, And here's the other thing, you know, Wayne, as a coach, you never get to, you know, you never get to March feeling like refreshed or feeling, feeling like, um, you know, because in February, February is like the dog dance. Yes. You know, you're you're playing games 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And like to get the 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 that feeling where you're re energized it's like you gotta get through February to get to March and finally get that. And you're not even entirely fresh. You've already played four straight months. The teams that you're looking at, you know, Bloomfield, uh, Damon, uh, Dominican, seven and four, even stack. and you know, they played twelve games, they've played Six weeks games, <laughs> you know, and, and now like the energy that those teams have to practice every day and to work every day has got to be different. Coaches aren't used to that and you're not used to facing a team that's got that kind of energy in March. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic, the mental aspect of this and, and kind of the preparation for this kind of tournament is it, it, just unique. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never seen it before. Yeah. And I I remember so, we talked at the
1: beginning of the season that the preparation for the regular season was unique, right? Like we saw yeah. a lot of interesting play because people didn't have their legs yet. And it was just, they had such a short preseason and really no scrimmages and and now it's like it's like you said, it's this a whole new dynamic to tournament play. And it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds.
0: And so you jump to the Midwest, another, <laughs> another this region one was wild thrown, thrown uh, on its head. The number one seed is Truman, who I really like. They remind me a lot of Hillsdale. They have the ability to stretch the floor. They have really dynamic players one through five and they're deep. Um, Wayne State out of Michigan number two. Southern uh, Southern Indiana number three. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Michigan, Michigan Tech, Tech is two. number yeah. two. Sorry. Southern Indiana's number three. Wayne State's number four. Ashland number five. Lewis number six. And Lewis out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, wins the conference tournament. Um Southern Indiana's playing really well as a three seed Dara team that I'm watching, I'm like, hey, they're starting to hit their stride, and they've got two preseason All-Americans. Yes. So how do you balance that out with a team of five really dynamic players like Truman? I think this is a really interesting region. Yeah,
1: and, um, you know, you talked about Southern Indiana. They were one of my sleepers at the beginning of the season. I really liked them. And I, I remember when we talked, I, I told you that I just thought the GLVC was – the, just an going to be a fun conference to watch because i thought anybody could beat anybody on any given day and that's exactly what we got to watch this past weekend right uh yeah. especially with lewis yeah. wasn't even in the last regional rankings out of nowhere like you said right. and and here they are in the tournament playing a very tough team but they just had to do that you know multiple times um and i agree with you on truman uh you know five th- those th- that starting five is just you can you can't shut down one scorer and think you're going to be okay. Cause someone else is going to start scoring. Um, they're just so deep They They run the floor really well. And um, you know, in the, in the Ashland again, another team that came out of, of nowhere, they were the eighth ranked team in the regional ranking. So they were outside of the tournament a week ago and, and here they are on top of the goliac and, uh, conference champions and then the AQ. So uh, just this, this, bra- if you're going to try to fill out this part of the bracket, good luck to you.
0: Cause it's, it's going to be <laughs> impossible. <laughs> yeah, this one's tough. And, and uh, I think, you know, I think looking at what happened, you know, even, even Drury to make it to the championship yeah. game in the GLVC, you're thinking you could have a five or a six seed, take the automatic qualifier. And then with you know you still got six, you only have five more teams added to the national tournament. Right. Yeah, I mean, and
1: that that so, was the tough part for the selection committee this year, right? When you have those
0: AQs yeah. like like a five or a six seed, it's just like whoa, what do we do now? And you got a team umsol you know, who's top? They were they were number four in the last regional yeah. ranking. They're they're in any other year, they're in easily. They're twelve and five. They've got a strong strength of schedule. You know, and this year they're on the out they're in the top twenty five and they're on the yeah, outside. It's crazy. So looking down south, a team I really like, I gotta be honest. I the southern region, Flagler, number one, Huntsville, number two, Lee, number three, Valdosta State, four, West Georgia, five, and Georgia South number six. Flagler and, and, and Jacek, Lodi. He is number one. He's really Really good, good. but Flagler has a nice, balanced team around him. Like they have guys that make shots, they have guys that rebound. They're really good defensively. Um, I think the one thing that stands out to me, Wayne, at the top of each region is the balance that each team has. You know, the ability to play a little bit differently depending on the night, uh, the ability to really guard, but also. You know, if you're in a, an up-and-down, they can score it. I think Flagger is one of those teams. I like them in the South. I think they're going to give – if we get to the 1-2 matchup, they will give Alabama-Huntsville fits on both ends. No players. question. Uh, and, you know, this was a
1: 14-win team a year ago, you know. And and they yeah. came out and they took down two D1 teams in the span of a week to start the season. And, and it was they've proven it was no fluke. They just haven't relented. And it's like you said, it's because they, they run the floor really well and and they don't rely on one person to do it. And and I do think uh, it's exciting to see them as a number one seed. But um, you know, I talked a little bit on the selection show about West Georgia. Here's a team that was three and six at the end of January. You know, go goes on a ten game yeah. tear, um, does well it, uh, well enough in the GSC tournament, obviously to to um, and they played Valdosta State, I believe, right? They lost to Valdosta State, so this is an, a yeah. first round. Uh, matchup right off the bat. I mean, what more can you ask for right there? And, and you know, as you said, like, I know we've spoken about them in the past. Uh, Huntsville is just a great team. Um, Another team that has five great starters in their in their rotation. And um, if it's a one-versus-two matchup in this part of the region, it's going to be a great game.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the amount of scoring that could go on in that region, because Lee can really score. Lee, no, can, yeah. Lee has, has guys that can stretch the floor and shoot it. Valdosta State plays super hard. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been able to watch a lot of the South South regions. Valdosta Pl- State plays so hard; they they get downhill. They're super aggressive. Um, so a lot of contrasting sky- styles in that South region, but every team can really yep. score it. You know, uh, so it's a, that'll be a unique one to watch. Um, we talk about you know, talk about Georgia College. Yeah. They are they in the last preseason or last regional ranking. They were number three. They're not they're not sniffing it. Union had a really good good run uh, early in the mm-hmm. year that they, they were eight. They don't get in. So, again, another region kind of undone by by conference tournaments. Uh, Valdosta State, Valdosta State beating Huntsville is a really good win for them in their conference tournament. Yeah. And i and I'm... They definitely needed it, you know.
1: They needed to, to put yes, it together, yeah. n- not just f- to make the tournament, f- but for themselves. You know, they definitely righted the ship at the at the best time of the year, and and they're rolling into the tournament
0: now. Yeah, and um, and and kudos to the Great American Conference. Let's jump to the South Central, okay. um, the Great American Conference, Arkansas Monticello, Southern Arkansas, Oklahoma Baptist. When the realignment came out, Wayne, I, I thought privately that the Lone Star Conference got a huge break. And I'm thinking that might be a four and a two or a five and a one, uh, you know, four or five weeks right. ago. This might be a region where we see four teams from the Lone Star. The Lone Star Conference is probably, uh, if it's up there with the Northern Sun and the MIAA for being the deepest in the country, Um you know, at one point they had five top twenty-five teams, mm. uh earlier in January. So the Lone Star Conference is really good, but the Great American Conference. I mean, Monticello, uh, Southern Arkansas, and Oklahoma Baptist have all come on like gangbusters in the last half of the season. Yeah, um, hey, you know, Arkansas
1: Monticello, they're they're rolling, uh, and yeah. Uh, End of the bowl weevils. I love it. I love it. I will. I will keep talking about that mascot. It's a great <laughs> mascot. But um, I do agree with you on the on the Lone Star. I mean, you they, you could just keep rattling off names in that conference that are that are great teams. But I mean, these are definitely DBU, West Texas A and M, and Lubbock Christian aren't just three of the best teams in their conference. We're talking about three of the best teams in D two, right? And, and, absolutely, um, you know, it's it's like I said on on the selection show at least West Texas A&M is the number one seed because at least that's the only normal seed we pretty much have in this bracket, right? Everyone else is kind of all out of sorts and West Texas A&M is, is right there doing what they always do. You know, they want another Lone Star Conference title. Um, and, and I think because of the history, because of, jojo grant uh jojo murray and and qua grant i mean they are the team to beat in this region but it's not going to be a walk in the park by any means you know um and and coach brown he's just he's great He and and they're so fast and they're so they can run the floor so well but you know that southern arkansas dbu game is going to be awesome it's going to be a really good matchup um And again, you know, in the bottom game, Arkansas Monticello and and Oklahoma Baptist, they know each other and they're both playing really well. So it's going to be, it's going to be really good.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that region is going to be, it's going to be really exciting. Just the style of plays, (laughs) the style of plays will be really exciting in that region. Um, You know, that's just, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. What uh, we, we, we just mentioned West Texas A&M. You know, um, West Texas A&M has been in the top three all year long, along with, you know, for the most part, a majority of the season, Lincoln Memorial and Northwest Missouri State. Now you're talking West Texas A&M is the only one seed out of those top three. They started Mm -hmm. the country uh, preseason one, two, and three. West Texas A&M, the only top seed out of those three teams as we roll into the Southeast. Um, Belmont Abbey, surprisingly, the number one seed in the Southeast region, Lincoln Memorial number 2, Carson Newman number 3, Emmanuel number 4, uh Queens number 5 and Tusculum number 6. Tusculum played their way in throughout the course of the year. Um what do you think of the southeast region and the rankings? Kind of the season. Well, it's it's
1: wild, right? Cuz we're talking about Lincoln Memorials a top 5 team in the country when they when they're healthy, right? But they didn't yeah. they didn't what they lost I believe they lost uh, two of their last three games that they did play. They had a bunch canceled right. at the end of the regular season. Then they couldn't even play in their conference tournament. So you're talking about a team that's been off for a couple weeks now. Um, so I do understand that you, you kind of had to play a little recency bias here, right? You had to give the team that that's kind of the role yeah. the number one overall seed. But I mean, if that's going to make people sleep on Lincoln Memorial, they're 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 not. They're crazy, right? Because this team is really good. But, again, will the layoff help or will it hurt them? Are they going to be rusty or are they going to be well-rested and, and ready to roll? Because um, Carson Newman's playing very good basketball. Um, and that, that top game, Emmanuel and Queens, you know, two guys we've talked about in the past, K.J. Jones and Kenny yeah. Dye. Those are going to be – that's going to be a fun matchup to watch right there. So, again, another evenly matched stacked region and and the committee just did a great job in of getting these teams in there.
0: And, and something to look at, you know, something to look at is Lincoln Memorial is the host of that yeah. region. You know, so as, as in an, in a year in a normal year as the two seed, you don't have that advantage. But you are the two seed, you've been on pause in Lincoln Memorial's case. You don't have to leave your bed. You don't have to leave your gym. Right. You don't have to leave anything. And you're able to kind of get back in the swing of things with your own, you know, in your own setting. So, does that play play a play a role in Lincoln Memorial's ability to kind of respond as the two seed? Does that change the dynamic of that region? Really interesting to think about just all of the uh, the intangibles at play, mm-hmm. you know, in this in this particular tournament. Yeah. Out west, you know, w- one of the best teams in the country right now, who's kind of ascended to the top colorado mesa the number one seed colorado school of mines number two biola three point loma four northwest nazarene five and fresno pacific number six i mean i've watched a lot of colorado mesa and i've watched a lot of colorado school of mines that was a great game their conference championship Mm -hmm. went into overtime um but I really like Point Loma too. I like Point Loma's got got some guys that can play. Yeah, yeah.
1: Caden um, Anderson and, and uh, Brock McKenzie are just two big time scorers, you know. And and come tournament time, it it's great to have depth, right? But you, it, it's also the time of year where two or three guys can can make your team run to the finals, you know. And and we've seen that with Point Loma before. Um, now we're talking about a weird year, right? It's a very odd year. Northwest Nazarene making their first tournament appearance. So, you know, on paper, I feel like Point Loma has this game. You know, you should win this game, but it's an odd year. You got a lot of emotion running from Northwest Nazarene getting to the tournament. So this, I think this is going to be an interesting game. Um, but, and, and moving on to what you said, you know, what what Colorado Mesa is just, it, they're phenomenal. And, and they beat, Colorado School of Mines has two losses, and they're both to Mesa, right? And Colorado School of Mines yeah, is a yeah. really good basketball team, so that says something that much more about Colorado Mesa, right? I So, I mean, you gotta hope for a one-two matchup in this conference just so you can get that rubber match and see what who's the who's the best team. Just to see the third the third game, yeah. I mean,
0: that you know, it this out west, I'm I'm really impressed with a how many games they've been able to play and B, the quality of play out there early on. We talked about this in the podcast early in the year, the quality of play across the board was not great because everyone was in a different, different spot. But now, I mean, I'm watching out West, the games are great. Um, the quality of play is really high. They're, they're playing at a high level across the board, across the country now because teams are playing, you know, their eighth, 10th, 12th games and even into their twenties. Um, any surprise for you, you know, with um, with Hawaii Hilo not making it or uh, a team like like Black Hill State, you know, both in the regional ranking at the end of the year? Um, you know, like, this is such a weird circumstance. This is
1: one of the three parts of the bracket that you had a completely different um, alignment because of the odd year, you know? Yes. And so, yeah. you, not only are – do you have that weird conference? But in this part of the bracket in particular, your one and two seed are from conferences that aren't in that region, right? This is a one-time deal. Yeah. Um, right. So nothing, you know, I, I don't like, it doesn't surprise me because the choices that had to be made were so different in this part of the region, right? You, you have two of the best right. teams in the country that aren't even supposed to be there. So it, it, I had a feeling that it was going to reshape the way everything looked. So I do think those teams that you mentioned are very good. I do think that they definitely had, um, you know, merit to be in the tournament, but I wasn't um, surprised by, by any of the choices that were made. If, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that across the board, not a ton of surprises based on the criteria and what happened uh, in, in conference right. tournaments. So I, I have to agree with you. All right. So that's, that's a look around the, the, the eight regions. And I want to just fire off some questions to you, Wayne. Get your, get your thoughts, and I'll give mine. Um, before, as we wrap this up, we're coming up on, on 40 minutes, so I want to respect your time and, and get you out of here. Um, first question, will the National Player of the Year come out of the MIAA? Hmm. I think so. And, and I think it's
1: going to be Hudgens.
0: I, I do too and I I got to be honest depending on what happens in the region I wouldn't be surprised with Hawkins or Guyman. I mean it could definitely be Guyman if if Washburn comes out of that region it's if they come out of the region yeah. you know he's had he's top 10 in the country and he's top 15 in the country I think, in double yeah. doubles as a guard you know, he had the, he said, he's had a triple double. And Ryan Hawkins, going back to the Washburn connection, Hawkins, since they lost their first game at Washburn in overtime, Ryan Hawkins for Northwest Missouri State has been like a 22 and 10 guy. Not like no questions. And he had a triple double over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first two games Northwest Missouri State played this
1: weekend were incredible, right? I mean, they yes. were scoring yeah. like it was nothing and they were shooting like 65% as a team. That's just remarkable. But yeah. like, I, I do agree with you. I mean, uh, I guess we can call it second half. Ryan Hawkins has been phenomenal, yeah. right? <laughs> like the second half of this season, yeah. he's been um, unstoppable and on a different level. But he's always been, you know, he's always been a great player. I'm not saying that anything's different, but yeah, Um and when you have two players like that, right? It kind of takes away from each other. It's kind of like which one right. is the player of the year. So it will be interesting. Yeah. But um, I also think you gotta you gotta watch Parker Fox in that conversation in that same part of the bracket because he
0: just man, he's a special yeah. player. Yeah, Parker Fox is really good. He is he's one of the most dynamic. Forwards, like his ability to kind of maneuver yeah. his body and and slink around the rim and take contact and finish, I just love watching him rebound and get yeah. around the rim. He's he's just a fun guy to 100% watch. Hundred percent agree. The rim. Um, and and yeah, so and that they're all. I mean, they're in the same region. We're gonna get all those guys I in the know. same region. Um, so okay, so next question, Wayne. Next question. Um, what teams do you think benefited? from the realignment. Are there any teams that stand oh. out to you that benefited from the realignment? Um hmm. let me look at that. Let me think. That's a good
1: one. Um you know well let me you know this is kind of thinking out loud, but if we had the way the the region should be, all of a sudden you're deciding between mm-hmm. West Texas A and M and Colorado Mesa as a number one. So who would you right. give it to? Obviously, that person that would be the number two is benefiting. I think that's West Texas A and M in this case. I think Colorado Mesa at at what are they twenty one and one would have to have gotten the yeah. the number one seed, but in that case, West Texas A and M would still likely be the two seed. So they you know um, they'd have that buy. Right. So I guess you, you could look at Lubbock Chris, Christian and Colorado School of Mines getting that buy because of the realignment as as big beneficiaries um of of the 2021 regional um
0: the yeah i would i would agree i think though those two teams stood out to me i think the one thing that uh the other thing that stands out to me in in the realignment is just the parity like the increase in parity that we're seeing um I, I don't know it's, there's been a tournament like this no. before, where you know normally when you have a one eight game, you have a a twenty four twenty eight win team or twenty six win team playing you know a twenty win team or eighteen win team. And there's some there's some difference. You know now you're gonna have, I mean the one six or the you know the, I mean the five the four the three six matchup the four or five matchups are just ridiculous yeah. right now with the records the combined records in the in the central region, I mean, if you put the, all those records together, there's probably – there's like 12 yeah. losses. <laughs> it's not – in right. one region. Yeah, no,
1: it's, it's wild. Um, and just, you know, having buys and everything, I just think it's going to be – it's going to be crazy to watch it unfold.
0: So in your opinion, you've watched a lot of basketball all year long, as have I. Do you think there's an advantage or a disadvantage – as a team that's played an entire season or one of those teams that's played, you know, eight games and they're getting on their roll right oh, now.
1: That's a good one.
0: Um,
1: I think in this weird season, being battle tested is going to be more beneficial. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be like the Bearcats and have 25 games under your belt. But mm-hmm. Even though I said a team like Caldwell, who's five and four, is just hitting their midseason form and, and just hitting their stride, um, in the long run they may make some noise in their region. But in the long run, if they were a team like that were to make it to the elite eight and have to play a Northwest Missouri State, you know, just having those twenty five games under their belt plus three more to get to the elite eight, so you're talking twenty eight games. I think is a huge advantage.
0: And we just talked about we just talked about second half Ryan Hawkins. Right. I think I think some of the top teams in the country that we talk about all the time hit their midseason stride and then they hit their yeah. tournament stride. And and I think you'll see a big difference, like you said, being battle tested. It be, now it's gonna be interesting to see a team like St. Thomas Aquinas. They played twelve games. So they could get to, you know, out of that region. They could be at fifteen games as opposed to you know, 28 games, how, what's the, you know, is, is that enough to kind of be I th- on a I roll? think when you get you know? to that point,
1: you have to maybe go by a team by team basis, right? And stack is a team that's been yeah. there before. Yeah. And, and you right. could, you know, when I, when I talk about teams and I make any sort of prediction, I, I have, you, you, you would love my spreadsheets. I just go back tournament to <laughs> tournament. I look at elite eights. I look at final four, you know, I look how it all breaks down and, and you know you could always say, "Oh, you, you're looking at the teams that have been there," but there's a reason they've been there, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it makes a difference. And, yeah. and this time of year, it's like you said. It's like you said, there there are teams that know how to find tournament gear, and, and Stack is one of them. And so I think having 15 games under their belt, I think they're more than fine, and they're kind of an exception to the rule that we were talking about.
0: Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with you, um, especially in that, especially coming out yeah. of that region. Um, so, so Wayne, do you want to make any predictions? You want to talk about regions, about elite eights? So, I don't know if I, if I were to if we don't I were have to, to make to. my elite
1: eight prediction, I'll do it. I'll yep. do it to have fun.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, but I'll go with it. I'm yep. going to
1: tell you, I'm I'm going to make some wild picks because I think it's going to be a wild, uh, just a wild year. Um, that being said, I think. They say defense wins championships. I'm going to put Mercyhurst in the Atlantic uh, representative. Okay. Who do you have
0: out of, out of the Atlantic? I, out of the Atlantic, I'm going to go to yeah. West Liberty. It's hard to say no to that. That offense yep. is I, great. I, I like that. Yeah, I like their offense. I think I think they're going to have, and that style of play is so hard to prepare for on a one day on a one day prep. You know, if you're playing that, if you're if you're seeing them play. It's still hard to really, really hard to play against on a one day. Prep, yeah, you know their offense and defense, so style that of play. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, take West Lib. Yeah, out of the uh, other. and and that's I would definitely agree with that. I mean, obviously, you
1: know that I'm very high on West Lib um, all season long, and um, I just they, they are a great team. Uh, let's let's skip the Central for now because that's too hard to think about. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard one. Uh, the East, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go
0: stack. I also have Stack coming out of the East. Um you know I love Andrew Cisco but I think Stack is too yeah. balanced, you know, across the across the top 5 and even deeper than that. I agree. And um I'd
1: I'd love to say Damon just to be uh be the guy that says Damon but I I just don't know that that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that mid-
0: Midwest. Where do you want to go next? Let's see.
1: Okay. Uh, this is tough cuz I really I really do. I've been on them since the preseason, Southern Indiana. I really like them, but but Truman is good. They are really, really good. Um, so I think I'll go. I'm going to go Southern Indiana. They got the home. They got go the Southern home court, Indiana. and then they, they get home the court. home court again. Uh, should they make it to, you know, Evansville, which is basically right. the home court. Yeah. Um, so. But, I'm gonna go Southern Indiana because only because I had them as a sleeper in the preseason, but I do think Truman is an amazing basketball team and and will probably come out of here.
0: Yeah, see I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Truman. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take Truman because I think the one thing when I when Southern Indiana struggled early in the year, they struggled to kind of make yeah. shots. And I think true I think Truman, I think Truman just has too many guys that can that can score the ball. Just yeah. make shots. And uh and so that's my thought with Southern Indiana. I like I like them. I really do. I think they're good defensively. They get up and down, you know, they've they've got good balance, but Truman just they've got another dimension, I think, you know, where they can score the ball I, at a high level. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, let's go to the south.
1: Okay. <sighs> that's another very tough. One. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the the Chargers and go Alabama Huntsville. I like, I like flags a lot, but again, tournament gear, right? We're talking about a team that's been there before. So I I think that's why I'm going to go
0: with them. You know what? This this is a really hard one because I think the styles of players are contrasting across that region. You know, my gut wants me to take Valdosta. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it's like you said. They because play I, hard. Because they have the host. They have the host. They are they are really hard playing. I think they can – yeah, I'm going to take Valdosta. That's going to be kind of nice. my sleeper pick. So you're going to go Huntsville. I'm going to take I Valdosta. Like four seed. Yep. South, South Central. South Central. I mean, West
1: Texas AM, and right? That's what they do. They get to the Elite Eight. That's what they do. I got to yeah. go with them.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think it's got to be West Texas, a, man. We got to take the chalk yeah. at, the, at that point. Um, the southeast, southeast. You can't go any recency bias. Well, you could go recency bias, but yeah. How do you, I you think he, I think, think it's do? Lincoln Memorial. I, I I don't think the layoff
1: will hurt him that much.
0: Yeah, I agree. Especially yeah. playing at yep, home. Another, I think it's I think it's. I forgot, home about
1: the, I forgot about the forgot about the home court, and then out west. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Um, I really like Point Loma. I know we talked about it. I do like them, but yeah. having to go on and play Colorado Mesa is not, no easy task. Now, Colorado Mesa hasn't been in a tournament in quite a while. Remember, last year was the first year they were returning to the tournament and they didn't get to play. Right. Um, I may go Point Loma here, but. I'm, yeah, I'm going go to go school of the Their
0: defense is so good. Yep. I like I like he Brendan is. Sullivan. Too. Great I think player. he's just he's a unique guy. He's a hard he's a hard individual prep uh like on one day in a tournament setting cuz he kind of does it all. He's like 6 6 but he posts, he shoots, it, he drives. It. He's like he's so versatile. I, I, li- I like his game. I think I, ha- I think I have to
1: agree with you actually. You convinced me and especially cuz of that defense um and Brendan Sullivan and and I like Kobe Betts, too. Um another good player. Talk about
0: elevating play throughout the course of the season. Kobe Betts, by the end of the year, he was... Yeah, playing great yeah I'm going
1: to have to agree with you. I th- I'm think i changing my pick. <laughs> am, I allowed to, okay. am I allowed to do that? All right.
0: We're allowed... <laughs> all we'll right. allow it. We'll allow it. All right. What uh, All right, so you got to go back goodness. to the central.
1: Uh, oh, my goodness. I am going to say, right, because northern state and northwest missouri state if we want to talk about you know like just historical performances recently it's both of them oh my right God, they've yeah. both been there recently yeah uh i think i'm gonna go to the bearcats they just find a different uh different gear in march and i know they just lost but it was on a buzzer beater and i think i'm gonna
0: go with northwest missouri yeah. state i've gotta i've gotta go with you um for as much as I love Northern State and, and Parker Fox and Mason Stark, I think Northwest comes out of that region. I, I just – I don't see Hudgens and Hawkins letting them yeah. not. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't see it. Um, I'd like to be surprised because I like watching Northern State. I, I'd like to be surprised about Washburn. Conventional wisdom has to go with Northwest yeah. But State I will though. say, Northern State, their home arena, is one of the toughest to play in.
1: In all of D too,
0: Oh, the whole and that's court. a big, oh, a big advantage.
1: Right. But I still, I don't think the Bearcats mm. are are phased by that really.
0: Yeah, not at that, not in that, not right. their experience, yeah. not at their experience. So. so there we go. We got our picks in. We got the preview <laughs> of the NCAA Division II men's basketball tournament done. Wayne, this was an absolute pleasure. And, and a joy. I want to uh, acknowledge you for all the work you did all year long. The weekly report was great for NCAA.com. If you haven't read it, listeners, check it out. NCAA.com. Really good content from Wayne Cavadi. Wayne, any final thoughts as we head into the just, tournament? Just
1: glad to – I'm glad that you and I just got to pick an Elite Eight and that it's on its way to happening, you know, getting to talk tournament basketball. And it's been – uh, a unreal season and you know i said it at the begin a surreal season even you know is probably a better word yeah yeah uh, we, i said at the beginning but you know um there was definitely hesitation in my mind that we were going to get here and i'm just really happy that we're here and that we're going to be watching some some
0: mayhem in a, in just a week away yeah it's just a week away Good news for me is our ba- our high school basketball season finishes on Saturday oh, the thirteenth, so I'm gonna get out of I'm gonna get out of high school coaching and get right back to watching Division two hoops. I can't <laughs> wait. But uh, but Wayne, thank you so much for your time tonight, uh, listeners. Be sure to tune in, check all the scores, check all of the news on NCAA.com. You can also follow the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Twitter and Instagram for updates and scores. Wayne Cavati, thank you so Uh, much.
1: Thanks for having me. It's always fun.